All right, welcome back to another episode of Chalk Talk. We had a fun-filled weekend of football. Uh, we had some big-time wins uh, from the blue and gold, blue and yellow, however, however you want to look at it. Uh, I know Sporty was pumped, big uh, Michigan dub, and uh, had also got a big dub over Wake Forest. And Hadley, your Colts, big win over uh, the Texans. They were kind of scaring me there in the first half, but uh, they uh, their defense showed up, and then their offense started to take over the game. But uh, big weekend. College football playoff was announced. Uh, there was also some more coaching changes. Um, and talk about the Monday night game. That was That was some old school football, running the ball down your throat. Low scoring game. So it was definitely a very, very interesting weekend of football with a wide variety of things happening. So um, we'll first start. Hadley, Sporty, how are you guys doing? Um, I just have a few words uh, in a rhythmic pattern here. It's great. To be a Michigan Wolverine. It's great. It's great. To be a Michigan Wolverine. It's great. To be. Hey, congrats to Sporty. Congrats to, congrats to Kev. Um, at least two of the three got something going for them this year. Hey, thank you, Hadley. Hey, you're welcome. Uh, sucks that all my teams suck and everything, but hey, we'll just make it that Hey, there's team. always 2022, buddy. Yes, there is. Hey, and Penn State's got a big-time recruiting class coming in as well, so. Yes, they do. I think I think two, three years now, we're looking really good. Yeah. 2023, watch out for Penn State. Yes, Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, big time, big time games. Um, obviously, the CFP was announced, um, and then also we had the Heisman, uh, the four finalists get announced. So our top five today, we're going to revisit our top five Heisman finalists or top five Heisman candidates. Um, we looked at that a couple weeks ago, and now we're just going to give our clear cut as to maybe the order. Um, we can either look at maybe the order that they finish in or maybe the top five that you should have there that you think should have uh, been the top five um, vote getters. But uh, Hadley, I'll start with you. Give us uh, your rankings of uh, whether, you know, who you think should win the Heisman or, you know, in the order of who would get the highest amount of votes. So going from last time, it's a little different. I tried to make it more what they think versus what I think. Uh, so five. He's in the final four, but I think he should have been fifth. Is Aiden Hutchinson. He's going to be a heck of an NFL player. He's a stud. But this next guy, number four, Henry Anderson, I think had a better college year than him. Well, well, well. Will Anderson. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all good. Will Anderson. Henry Anderson is like a lineman for the Jets. That's probably where they got my um, yeah, he's probably fourth in Heisman, in my opinion. Um, third, C.J. Stroud, third best quarterback in the country this year, I guess. Whatever. It's a weak year. Um, number two, Kenny Pickett. I have words. That fake slide was BS. I'm not just saying that because <laughs> I don't like that. You know I've been a lot less biased this year than others. That's BS. And let me tell you why. The defenders are so... They're, they're so conditioned now to as soon as they see that motion, let them go completely. Because if they even hit them, it's a, it's an extra 15 yards. So the fact that – I'm not saying that that's a crime what he's doing. It's smart. It's taking advantage of the way that it's played. But I think football as a whole, NFL and college, should outlaw that move as soon as they possibly can. Or else we're going to see – a lot of defenders complaining and probably more hits than they want because defenders are going to say, you know what, I'm just hitting them anyway. So definitely got to watch out for that moving forward. But Kenny Pickett had a heck of a year. Um, and number one, honestly, I thought Kenny had a chance. Had Bryce Young struggled, but Bryce Young went off. Um, the biggest game of the year. Close to playoff for Bama and the one seed, so it's got to be Bryce Young. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll revisit the the picket uh, fake slide here uh, when we transition into our conference championship recap. But uh, sporty, we'll shift it over to you. Give us your uh, top five Heisman. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, winner from bottom top. His name was not included. I thought could have been in the top four, but I 
put him at number five is uh, Kenneth Walker. He had a strong season. Uh, his team finished uh, ten and two. Uh, he was at what? Was he a redshirt freshman? What was he? Um, for some reason, I don't think he was. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Um, Walker? Yeah. He transferred from I was going to say, didn't he transfer from Wake? Yeah. Yeah. So he should be... Good. Keep, keep, keep rolling. He's draft eligible, so he's got to be at least Redshirt Soft. Redshirt Soft. That's, that's what I thought. But anyway, I, I thought he should have been in the top four, but I, like I said, I, I'm going to put him at number five. Uh, he was impressive. So guy for uh, Mission State, he he won a lot of their basically a lot of their games, most of the majority of their games. So kudos to him. Sad to see him not on the top of the ballot, but it is what it is. Uh, four, CJ Stroud. Everyone was saying uh, he was going to win the Heisman, but actually, okay, you know, against Michigan State. He, towards Michigan State and they were thinking after that week that uh, he was the front runner and then uh, the last game of the season against Michigan he, uh, he got rattled so uh, they ended up losing his he, uh, that was probably his worst game he's played all, all season against Michigan so all that hope from one week to another went down the drain so that's why I have him at number four still, still a good athlete he still has Wait, I'm sure he has two more years, so he'll probably uh, go to the NFL for his junior year. Uh, number three, Kenny Pickett. Heck of a season. Ball on every game. True leader. Uh, can't wait to see him in the NFL. Just don't know what team he'll be going to. I've been seeing different different teams every day that, he, that, that they're going to be drafting him, so time will tell on which team will Will draft pick it in the first round. Two, uh, his name hasn't really been mentioned until the end. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson set the Michigan sack record this year with 13 sacks. Uh, he had another good game against Iowa. Just a tr- true Michigan leader. Uh, his dad played for Michigan, so he's following his footsteps. Uh, they're saying he could be the Aiden could be the uh, number one draft pick. Probably to the uh, Detroit Lions, so he won't have to go too far. So, kudos to Aiden and not being on the ballot, not being on the ballot at all. You know, first part of the season, midway through the season, but the last few games, he's he's really stuck out. So, kudos to him to his all his hard work he's put in for the program. Uh, number one, Bryce Young. Stood out from everybody else against Georgia, so he put a claim to fame on him winning Heisman. So kudos to him, uh, Bryce Young, uh, Alabama, Alabama Crimson Tide. He, he uh, torched his passes. He torched uh, the Georgia secondary with his receivers getting open, and them using their speed. Uh, one last thing, uh, sad to see. Uh, Actually, get towards Terry's ACL. So hopefully, uh, his replacement can. Uh, it's going to be tough following his footsteps, but I'm sure he'll do. I'm sure Bryce Young will find his replacement, and, uh, assumingly do uh, do well without Mechie in there. So uh, kudos to Bryce Young and having a great great year. I know it was a little bumpy here and there, but uh, like I said, that last game against Georgia sold it. So kudos to Bryce Young on. Assumingly winning the Heisman this year. Um, yeah, we have a lot of the obviously a lot of um, a lot of the same guys in the same order. Um, but going back to Kenneth Walker real quick, Kenneth Walker, I uh, just looked it up. He is a junior. Um, I want to ask you guys a question real quick. Had Bryce Young not have uh, beaten Georgia, do you think he would still be a lock, or do you think it would be kind of wide open? I think, I, think, wide open. I think Pickett would probably maybe go to one even. See, that's what, like, going into conference championship weekend, I thought the voters were going to kind of, you know, it was going to be, I was, you know, looking at it and, like, 
Pickett would be the only one, well, besides Hutchinson too, but um, Pickett would be the only offensive player with a conference championship. So I was like, oh, well, that's another thing in his favor. Um, kind of thought Georgia's defense was going to show up, but Bryce Young went off. Um, so I'll get to my, my reasoning here in a second. Uh, number five, I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker. <clears throat> I think, obviously, without him, Michigan State would not be, you know, where they're at right now. Um, he single-handedly – I mean, obviously, you know, it takes a team effort, so these guys are winning, you know, awards, but it's obviously their team that helps them out as well. But Kenneth Walker had a huge game against Michigan, and I really think without him they wouldn't have been as good uh, throughout the year, which is why I have him at five. Um, <clears throat> I was debating between him and Will Anderson – um, but Walker, he meant the most to his team. And so that's why I have um, him there, you know, at five. And I just, I, I think, obviously, the Heisman, it's kind of looking at, you know, the top player. And then, you know, has, has your performance gotten them, has your, has your performance gotten your team, you know, high up in the rankings, have you, you know, won a championship, conference championship, have you gotten them to the playoffs? So I think all those are criteria. But at the same time, it's kind of different than kind of like a most valuable player award because some of these guys are like huge for their team. Without these guys on their team, there'd be, you know, their records would not be where they're at. Um, I think in, in, in a Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud kind of situation, like I said before, I think you could plug in another quarterback, and obviously he wouldn't put up the exact same numbers, but I think they could still get Bama and Ohio State to where they're at right now. So it's interesting to see kind of people's take on what the Heisman definition is. You know what I mean? Because there's like two different sides. They're pretty much the same thing, but the two sides have small similar, small differences that could set it apart. So Kenneth Walker at five, C.J. Stroud at four. Obviously he was putting up big-time yardage. Um, had a huge year, and I talked about this before. Maybe he's not even the best player on Ohio State, so how can I give him the Heisman in that sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> three, Aiden Hutchinson. Obviously, he went nuts the past two weeks with you know the amount of sacks, breaking the Michigan record, um, ultimately you know propelling that Michigan defense uh, to knock off Ohio State and a huge win over Iowa. So I have him at three there, and I'll be honest, I'll show a little bit of bias. I'm going to put Bryce Young at two. That game against Alabama, or the game that Alabama had, you know, against Georgia, that was huge for Bryce Young. Obviously, he torched Georgia's defense, um, put up big numbers. Um, but, but, some people were even saying, well, Anderson's better than him. So, in my, I guess, if you're looking at a way to go against Bryce Young, how could you give him the Heisman if he's not even the best player on Alabama, in a sense? I guess if that's something to maybe contradict why Bryce Young shouldn't win it, um, or contradict why, yeah, yeah, it should be you know why he shouldn't win it. But uh, you know, Pickett and Young they have very similar numbers. I think uh, Young's thrown for one more touchdown. I think he has one less interception, and I think he's thrown for three more passing yards than Kenny. Um, but if you look at, if you look at their total yards, if you add in the rush yards and rushing touchdowns, I think Pickett outgains him by maybe a buck fifty. And then he has one more overall touchdown than Bryce Young, <clears throat> which is why I have Pickett at one. Without Pickett, I don't think Pitt is where they're at, uh, sitting there at 11-2. and two. I don't think they're ACC champions without him. So in my opinion, <clears throat> I would give it to Pickett just with the way how, you know, how he's led Pitt, how he's coming the clutch for Pitt. Um, I don't know. It's it's. I think the media and the voters are going to go with Young. Um, obviously, we beat Georgia. That's that's especially this year. You know, both of them deserve it, Young and Pickett. But I don't know. There's two different ways you can look at it. Um, I, I think you're in a very very similar situation that Penn State fans were in four years ago. Oh, Barkley should have 100 percent been a finalist at least. And at least. I, it's at least you get the finalist thing. At least he'll be there, which is cool. But like I, I feel like we're in the same boat as to where, like a quarter. I feel like an Oklahoma quarterback. Their they their backup that year was Kyler. You know what I mean? Right. If they throw Kyler in, they're just as good, if not better. If you replace Barkley, you can't replace him that year. Like 
So I see what you're saying in the sense that, like, Pickett was irreplaceable, and I thought Barkley was irreplaceable as to where Bryce Young's backup is probably just as good and Britt Baker's backup is just as good. And, and like, but, even when – and I'm not, you know, discrediting, you know, Michigan here, Michigan State, Ohio State, or Pitt, but when you look at – I mean, obviously Stroud, two, his two wide receivers – actually, three wide receivers are – they're, they're going to be, you know, top – couple you know in the first maybe round or two um actually with wilson and olave they're you know two of the top five top three receivers and then you got uh the smith what's his smith, smith and jigba yeah smith and jigba uh he's another good wide receiver that's probably gonna get drafted at some point so exactly so it's i mean they have he has huge weapons around him i'm not saying pickett doesn't because he has his receivers they've they've improved a lot by catching the ball i mean obviously jordan yeah. has Addison's going to be a first-round pick. Addison's going to be a first-round pick, yes. He's, you know, Blitnikoff finalist. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, Jared Wayne. Uh, he had Ty Mack. But, like, those guys just don't jump off the paper like Olave and Wilson and, you know, um, Mechie and um, – is it Williams? Is that the other guy I'm thinking of from Bama? Yes, yes. Jameson Williams. He's awesome. I mean – yeah, I'm sure if Pickett had those two, you know, those two guys as well to, you know, sling the ball to, he'd be putting up huge numbers as well. And, um, you know, some of those times it's like Young might throw a slant to Mechie or, or Williams, and he, they just outrun the backers and the safeties. And yeah. I, mean, I mean, he does make a lot of good throws, obviously great throws over the top. Uh, you know, they can outrun you know the safeties and stuff, and he can put the ball on the money in tight pockets and tight tight windows and stuff. But I just I don't know. I think obviously, obviously there's some bias. If it was an MVP award, I think Pickett wins, but they're going to take into play everything, just like they do for the playoffs. And they're going to look at Bama and who they played versus Pitt and who they played. Exactly. exactly. That, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, Pitt's strength of schedule compared to, you know, Alabama's isn't close. But, I mean, obviously, I think with the voters, I think it's going to go Young, Pickett, Hutchinson, Stroud. I think that's going to be the order that the uh, media and the voters are going to, you know, have it in. Um, but I'm going to have a little, uh, disagreement there. I think Pickett should be. If he comes in the second, that's still a win. Oh, I mean, just to, you know, kind of, kind of put Pitt back on the, on the national map there was, this was a big year, but, uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, that's the four finalists are set, uh, for New York. With uh, Stroud, Hutchinson, Pickett, and Young. Um, so the Heisman set for this Saturday. Um, and the other four teams that, or the other four things that are set in stone, are uh, the teams in the college football playoff. Now, <clears throat> you're going to give me your college football playoff top four in order. First of all, well, I guess we'll, we'll, this question will be answered based on your top four. I guess my question was going to be, did they get it right? So, Hadley, what would your top four have looked like? They got it right. I would go with exactly what they went with. I'm proud of the committee here. They nailed it. Next question for you, Hadley. Had Bama lost to Georgia? All right, we would have had Georgia 1, Michigan 2. I think that's definitely set in stone. Yes. What would have what would three and four have looked like for you? For me personally, you bump Cincy up. All they did is win, so they go to three, and then you put Notre Dame at four, in my opinion. Ooh. So Notre, but, you're, so I think this was a playoff game for Bama, and if they didn't win it, what's the point in making them play another playoff game against Georgia? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They would have been, they would have been the four versus Georgia the one. Just I, I don't I don't get why you would have them rematch. I, I think you bring in a fresh face. All right. So would you have you so you were saying you would have taken an eleven to one Notre Dame team over a twelve and one Big Twelve champ. Um or wait. Or, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. My I should have added another piece to that. Um If Oklahoma State would have won. If Oklahoma State would have won, would you have they would have won before. Okay, so if Oklahoma State had beaten Baylor they might have actually jumped since. Might have jumped since. Okay. I would have probably just had them at four. Okay, but yeah, obviously, yeah. Notre Dame, 
eleven and one. Would you have taken them over a ten and so you're saying over a ten and two conference champion Baylor? That makes yeah, I could see, you know, that making sense. Um Penn State didn't win it the year that they should have won, so Right. And then you would have taken eleven one Notre Dame over ten and two Ohio State. Yep. All right. Yeah, I think that would have been I think that would have been fair. Um just to just to reiterate what I think it would have been after I'm not gonna go too far down here, but I would have had Notre Dame at five after the four they have now. Baylor at six, Ohio State at seven. The fact that they had Ohio State over Baylor is a crime. They're right, especially with the way Oregon lost the past couple weeks as well. Yeah, so that, I, I don't understand it. That loss isn't looking too great. I understand it happened. What, why? Explain, but I mean, Ohio State. Committee A, the committee loves Ohio State every year. They do, but I'm saying there's it, no real reason. There's no Yeah, there's no reason. Like the, Every year they're going to get that. Uh, the highest seed possible that they yes. can get. Yes, but they shouldn't. They shouldn't. I understand. Them, them, and ba- them, them and Bama will get the highest maxed out thing that they possibly can without being too ridiculous, I guess. Yeah. Or, I guess, I mean, I mean, Ohio State really, at the end of the day, didn't have a huge victory this year. I mean, Michigan State was Michigan State was a nice win, but I don't... I, don't, I mean, they, they snuck it in there, too. Like, no one realized that they put them up off the air. Right. Just, and like, oh yeah, Baylor, Baylor could have been at five. Baylor could have been sitting do you, at five. Do you agree, Abby? Yeah, they could have been at five. It, it depends on how much you value that championship game. I don't. Well, I thought Notre Dame got a pretty high seed here at number five. I mean, they won their games. They're eleven to one at the end of the day. They lost to Cincy, yeah, who's in the yeah, playoff. The playoff team, exactly. They, but they didn't win a. They didn't win a conference title though. True. No, yeah, that's true. But again, what you value that game as because for example like Michigan beating Iowa that wasn't a strong win but like Baylor beating Oklahoma that was a really strong win so I mean I feel like the the championship is dependent on your opponent opponent it's just another game for me if that makes sense right I don't right, think right. that trophy means that much it's who you played and how you beat them right just like every other game Sporty, do you think they got the top four right? Yes, yes, they, they got it right for once. Yes, they did. <laughs> for once. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you the same question. Had Bama lost to Georgia, what would your order have been? Bama lost to Georgia. Number one, it would have been Georgia. Two, Michigan. Three, Cincy. And this would be a shocker. But four, Baylor. So you're taking, so you're saying that conference championship means something, and you're kind of pushing yes, Notre Dame to go join. Right. Okay, and I think Baylor had more top, at least top twenty-five wins than than Notre Dame as well. Heck, I don't who know. Did, yeah, who did Notre Dame beat that was good this year? I don't know they if Notre Dame. Teams, not one. They didn't beat one top twenty-five team. A, a team that well at the time they probably beat somebody who was in the top twenty-five, but a team that they didn't beat anybody. Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin at the time was in the top twenty-five, but. At the end of the year, you look at the CFP rankings. That's what I think they should look at. You know, look at it as how many ranked teams did you win that are in the top twenty-five at the very last pool in the season? I think that's what they should determine it by moving forward. If the college football playoff is to expand, you shouldn't look at ranked wins based on weeks one and two, unless you have a CFP ranking system from week one. AP top twenty-five shouldn't mean anything compared to you know the college football playoff ranking. So at the end of the day, yeah, Notre Dame didn't really beat, didn't beat anybody. Um, I think I think a big reason that they kind of would have wanted them in, though, is I think a ton of people would have been rooting for them, and I think that game would have been watched widely. Oh, yeah, because... And that's why they... Uh, that whole Brian Kelly situation, people love it. They, they want Notre Dame more just because of that. They're like, I don't like Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. Screw Brian Kelly. That's yeah. why, hey, that's why they hired Freeman quick in yeah. case they got in playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I mean, because yeah. I, because they wouldn't go in... Without a head coach. I mean, they would have gotten in. It's just who yeah, was they it? Would not have gotten Yes, in. they would have. Somebody would have. It's just a matter of who Notre Dame would have selected to coach them. Had Bam had Bam have lost to Georgia, I think they would have obviously put Notre Dame in at four, and I think since he would have moved to three, and it's just a matter of who Notre Dame would have you know chosen to coach the team. Um, but yeah, their coach decided to be an LSU Tiger. And he was so proud to be with his family down south there in Louisiana. So I don't know where, I don't know where you know. I don't know how you. I don't know. I don't understand how you grew up in Massachusetts. 
and you're in Chicago um, in Cincinnati, you know, for majority of your life, and then all of a sudden you just get this southern twang to you. So um, that'll be interesting moving forward. Maybe he'll get a little go go Tigers going like uh, Coach O. <clears throat> but um, had Bama had lost, I I think. Well, first of all, I think they got it right. Um, top four is correct. I know I was saying Cincy. I had Cincy two all year, but at the end of the day, um, you know, in my final, you know, top four, I you know, I had SEC champion over them. And since, you know, Bama beats Georgia, I threw Bama ahead of Cincy. And Michigan, they, they looked the part. They're dominating. So I think they should jump Cincy as well. Michigan has more quality wins. Um, I know Cincy's undefeated. But, um, you know, those three teams, in my opinion, are better than Cincy, which is why I would have had them, you know, the exact same order the committee did. Had Bama, you know, had they had lost to Georgia, I think I would have went Georgia-Michigan- I think I would have put Cincy three, and then I would have probably. Oh, this is tough <clears throat> because I, I kind of value that conference championship, in my opinion. Um, you're playing an extra game, you're playing another top opponent. So I think I would have put Baylor in at four. Um, I don't know. I just kind of want Notre Dame to join a conference also as well, so that's why I have Baylor going four. <clears throat> Had Oklahoma State have won, they would be sitting there at four. Um, I think the committee would have put Notre Dame in at four had Bama lost. But in my mind, I think conference championship, that extra game means something, and it's an extra it's an extra win against a top-tier opponent. So um, that would have been my my top four had Bama you know, had lost. But I think the committee got it right. Um, you know, very excited for the college football playoff. We got two new teams making their first appearance in the CFP. Um, just real, we'll get to uh, we we'll get to some more predictions in the next pod as we give a full breakdown of the bowl games. But uh, I want to ask one real qu- or quick question here, Hadley. What's what's a bowl game that maybe stands out to you um, other than the CFP games? Obviously, um, I like. The Fiesta Bowl, Notre Dame and Oklahoma State. I just feel like it's going to be interesting because, that, like we said, I feel like those two previous to this week were definitely fighting for that four at Alabama loss um, if they would have won Oklahoma State. Um, so I'm curious to see who is the better team between those two and who should have made it um, if it came down to that. <clears throat> yeah, um... That's gonna be an interesting game. I think it's. Uh, I don't know if I want to say it's gonna be low scoring. I, I I don't know because obviously Kyron Williams he's gonna have a you know big day on the ground. Um, but then obviously Oklahoma State's defense is pretty solid as well. So it's it's gonna come down to I think Oklahoma State's offense moving the ball against um, Notre Dame's defense. I think Oklahoma State might be a little heads down demoralized after that game too. So yeah. Early prediction. I'm saying Notre Dame. Notre Dame. All right. Um, Sporty, what, what's a, what's a bull game that jumps out to you? Uh, I'm going to go with the, uh, Peach Bowl. Michigan State, Sporty versus the Pitt Panthers. We'll see if, uh, Pittsburgh can slow down, uh, Kenneth Walker. If they can, they should have a, should have a breeze to an easy victory. If they don't, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, it's going to be a dogfight. I think it's going to be an absolute blowout. I think it's going to be a blowout. <laughs> and I'm not saying that just because of, Pit bias. It's such a good matchup for them. It's they couldn't have dreamed better. <laughs> there's if this would have been against you know I think there's a lot of teams that I all the teams that uh you know if Ole Miss would have played Michigan State if I think if Notre Dame would have played Michigan State Oklahoma State would have played Michigan State I think all those teams even heck if Utah would have somehow played Michigan State I think those teams would have you know I think they would beat Michigan State by I would at least. Say double digits. I at least say ten points at least. Michigan State's secondary is atrocious. Now I hope it's I don't. The worst in the country. They should have a field goal throwing the ball. Yeah, he yeah. This this is going to be. At least four hundred yards. So yeah, this is it's big that he's you know playing the hey, extra game. One game there's one more game that stands out to me. Go ahead. The Sugar Bowl, Baylor versus Mississippi. Baylor shocked uh, Oklahoma State. They were down early. They came back. Came back. 
I have to see uh, Matt Corral versus what's his better quarterback name? I forget his name. Oh, um, it's it's uh, is it Chapin? Chapin, that guy. I, I, I haven't seen Baylor all year. That guy's a freshman. I think he's a redshirt freshman. Let me let me just double check on the name here. Start, oh, it's it's I think it's Shapen. Yeah, it's Shapen. He's a he's a uh, I believe he's a redshirt fresh. The other guy got hurt earlier. Couple games earlier. Yeah, Bohannon. Bohannon got hurt. I think this guy might be. He's yeah. either he's either a true freshman or a redshirt freshman. I'm not 100 percent sure, but yeah. Damn. Whatever his name is, that guy looked phenomenal. I think he, what shaping. That guy was. was he that could, guy was yeah, Shapin, I think he completed like his first 17, 17 passes or something ridiculous like that. So, yeah, definitely Baylor Ole Miss is going to be a good one to look out for. Um that was going to be my game to look out for. I had two. So I had uh, the Sugar Bowl, as Sporty stated. Um, you know, Baylor Baylor looked the part against Oklahoma State. They came out ready to go. Shapin hit, like, his first, you know, 15-plus passes. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Bohannon gets the start or if Shapin does. Um, and then Ole Miss, you have Corral. You have um, Snoop Connor. So, and I think uh, the wide receiver Drummond as well. So um, that'll be, I think... I don't know if the over-under will hit in that game. I don't know what it's set at right now. Obviously, Ole Miss likes to put up a lot of points. Baylor kind of slows you down and maybe not score as much. But uh, I think it's going to be a real, real good, entertaining game. So I don't know who I'm going to go with yet. I mean, obviously, obviously, you know, Ole Miss also has uh, Ely as well. So they have a lot of explosive weapons, and we'll, we'll see if Baylor can, can shut them down, I think, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. I think another good game. I think this is an interesting matchup. The Rose Bowl. Ohio State loses to Oregon earlier in the year. Obviously, Oregon was missing some players as well. Utah blows out Oregon twice. So, I don't. In, Ohio State's favorite set by six and a half. And it'll be interesting to see if Ohio State's offense is just going to explode or if this is going to be a shootout, maybe because Ohio State's defense doesn't show up. I don't know what we're going to see. I don't know what even. You know how to even look at this right now. I think I'm gonna kind of sit on it for a couple of days, and then kind of make some, you know, make a pick here later on. But uh, I really like that Utah Ohio State game. So, <clears throat> um, and there are some actually. There's one bowl game. This is another good bowl game. And as we transition to our next, uh, next, uh, you know, little segment here, um, there's one bowl game where you're gonna see two teams who don't have head coaches or their head coaches this year will not be coaching for them. Oregon and Oklahoma in Alamo Bowl. Mario Cristobal gets hired at Miami and Lincoln Riley gets hired at USC. So um, as we transition here, who do you think will have the better, maybe either career, better tenure, better first season, however you want to answer this question, Mario Cristobal at Miami or Brett Venables at Oklahoma. So we're still sticking with the Oregon-Oklahoma kind of concept here, but now we're looking at Venables coaching Oklahoma and Mario Cristobal coaching the Hurricanes. Hadley, who do you think is going to have the better better coaching tenure here? Um, I'm going to look at this from an overall, and I'm going to say Cristobal, because if Oklahoma does decide to go to the SEC, I just don't, I don't know if they're equipped. So that's not a venable problem, but um, I think that Cristobal is going into the better situation, having seen the ACC this year. It was really, really bad. Um, and he, he's he's a good coach, so I mean, he could... It's basically... I know it was good this year, and they were the top dogs in the ACC, but moving forward, I, I think it could be them. It could come down every year to them and Clemson for the next five years or so, so... Yeah, definitely, definitely a good hire by the Hurricanes. Now, my next question, sticking with that Oregon, Oklahoma, Cristobal or Riley? Who do you think will have the better coaching tenure? I'm gonna go with Riley. I think that it's just a perfect, perfect match there. I think 
you can rec- you can recruit the heck out of that area. So, not that you can in Miami, but I think there's a little more competition there now. I think USC is the place to go if you're in California right now. All right, Sporty, who do you think have the better coaching tenure, Crystal Ball at Miami or Venables at Oklahoma? Uh, you know, I'm going to go with Venables. I, I think he's going to be a – it's like a hard-nosed type of guy. I think he's going to have his boys ready every game. So I'm going to go with Oklahoma. So I know it's, I know it's a yeah, big 12. I know it's a, that's a pretty tough conference. But uh, I think in the long run, I think Venables will have a uh, – Overall, uh, better record. Just, just in terms of Venables, uh, like coaching mentality. So, so well, my vote is on um, Venables for uh, the better overall record. Well, yeah, and if they end up, you know, I think they're going to, you know, play in the SEC. So that's even going to be a, a tougher situation for him. So, so you still like Venables in the SEC? Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> the SEC. Yeah, I still. Still like him as I still like him in the SEC. I know it's tougher conference in the Big Twelve, so I still like. I say he'll go eight four every year, but we're better. I'd hope so. I would hope so. Um, <laughs> Max Max is ten and two every year. Venables. It'll be interesting because this, over under over under nine every year. Venables. <clears throat> this will be this is first big time head coaching job. Uh, obviously, it's the DC at uh, Clemson. And I don't know. I I think the situation that Mario Cristobal is in, I think it's gonna be. I think he's got more success, just also based on you know the opponents he's playing. As the ACC as a whole isn't as strong as the SEC. I mean, there's obviously going to be some games and some teams that are going to give him some fits. But um, you know, he played at Miami, so I'm going to go with Cristobal here. Um, I think he's going to bring back kind of a mentality, and I think he's going to kind of. He's. I think Cristobal is going to be that coach that Miami needs to set aside discipline and kind of the, the flashiness. I think he's going to, you know, have a healthy balance of both, but at the same time, he's going to put a, I think he's going to put kind of a little back, take a, take the flashiness, maybe put in the back seat, you know, in a situation if Miami's losing, he's going to be like, all right, guys, right now focus is on the game. We don't need to take any pictures or you know anything with the turnover chain. If we're getting, you know, beat by 21 points. So I, th- I think he's really going to kind of set the focus and the attitude for, for Miami. I think he's going to be ready to go. So I think he's going to, you know, bring a little bit of the old old Miami, um, kind of mix in with kind of his philosophy and his mentality. So so some old with some new, and I think, I think it was a great hire for Miami. So I think he'll have a better tenure than Venables, but I think Lincoln Riley will have a better coaching tenure at USC just based on the situation. Pac-12 isn't as strong. So I think Riley would have more wins and maybe a better chance to get to the CFP compared to Cristobal. Sport, do you think Cristobal or Riley will have a better um, coaching tenure? Uh, Riley, because uh, he can, he can, like I said, has had, he can recruit the heck out of out west there. So uh, plus in terms of uh, conference, uh, Pac-12 is not as strong as as the. Uh, ACC, so uh, I'm going to ride the ship in Raleigh. So, Are we, I feel like that's a overrun. Like I said, another overrunner, nine and three every year for uh, Lincoln Valley at USC. I'm not going to. I'm not going to take that personally, Sporty. But the the ACC, ACC is better than the Pac-12. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yes, Wes. That's no, he, said, yeah, he agreed with that. Oh, he agreed with I that? Oh. I think it's close. It's not as strong as the ACC. Okay, all right, all right. It's close. I don't think it's close. Now that he's there. Now that okay, he's now there. that he's there, yeah, maybe, but. I don't think it's strong at all. I, I don't. I think, you know, with Riley there, I think it's, it's going to it's it's be USC, uh, you know, obviously Oregon Utah. Uh, Oregon, Utah, Oregon, Utah, maybe UCLA. Arizona. No. Okay. No. <laughs> Maybe, maybe Washington. Maybe. But then in the ACC, no offense, but it, from this point forward, it's going to be Clemson, maybe Miami. Clemson, Miami. I still give. I don't think Pitt. I mean, like this set aside this year, they're they're really not too. They're a mid-level team in the ACC, which isn't. And well, and, and I think this was a down year for North Carolina. Obviously, I think they're going to, you know. Be a solid eight and four, nine and three team each year. 
Um, I don't know. Virginia Tech possibly might, might you know, yeah, be up like, there. There's a bunch of wild cards in the ACC. NC, like, NC State, maybe Louisville. Um, yeah, team of mystery. Yeah, team of mystery. Uh, <laughs> but I think I think if you're looking at it from top to bottom, I think ACC beats Pac. If there was a challenge, it's close though. It's not. He made it sound like it was like just definitive. I feel like it's pretty close. See, I just think Arizona's like like Duke. Like Duke would beat Arizona. They're both terrible. They're both atrocious. I, I just think from top to bottom, ACC, you got to take them. But, uh, all right, real quick. Um, and we'll switch to NFL real quick, and then we got our picks, and we're going to wrap this thing up. Give me one NFL team right now that you think is – or I guess give me one NFL team that you would not want to play right now, Hadley. The Arizona Cardinals. Point blank. I did not buy it for a while there. I thought it was going to be a very similar script to last year where they kind of fall off at the end of the year, but guys are healthy at the right time. (laughs) Guys are healthy at the right time, and, I mean, it just seems like they have so much depth at a ton of positions. I I would not want to play them right now. And, of course, the Colts have them in a few weeks here, so cool schedule coming up. Patriots? Cardinals. Awesome. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. So that's been all year. I'm used to it. We got to at least split that and then went out from there. So. Right. Sporty, give me a team you would not want to play right now in the NFL. Um, the New England Patriots. They started off two and four. And everybody, you know, I mean, I know me, I pushed them to the wayside. But hey, never count out Bill, Bel- Bill Belichick. And his staff. They've won seven straight. And last night, they took it to the Bills in a cold Northeastern game. So it all came down to the uh, Patriots Bear who had a better, better running game. And obviously, the Patriots have a running game, and the Bills obviously do not have a running game. So Kudos to Mac Jones for only throwing, what, four passes, whatever, in last night's game. I think, I think he had, let me see here. He was 2 of 3 for like 18 yards. Yeah, so three passes, he completed two passes, a total of 19 yards, and they win 14-10. And Harris had a long, about 70-yard touchdown run, so... Well, <laughs> and it's um, like the Patriots are winning without like you know the flashy players, I guess in my in my opinion. It's just they don't need them. They don't need them exactly, and if they and if they but would have them, just imagine. It every year, they, they don't need flashy players. Okay? Well, they don't need him. Period. So I mean, I just don't get why they're like Mac Jones and the Patriots. It should in every graphic I see when they're you know like putting a commercial on for a Patriots game. Right. Just put Bill Belichick. They're, like, no players even matter. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, all these people are saying Mac Jones is the best rookie quarterback, blah, blah, blah. It's a marathon, not a race. He is not that good. Right. Just a quarterback. Tom Brady clearly wasn't. But, yeah. Um, but who knows the Bill Belichick and his staff for, you know, getting, getting guys who aren't really, you know, well known? Every year, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then they all they all pan out. Some of these guys, some of these, you know, some of these rich players, and some of these guys never even heard before. Yeah, the yeah. Don Godshaw. He's the D tackle <laughs> from Miami. Went to the Patriots. He had the game of his life on Monday. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they just like Sporty said, they just take guys that 
you know, aren't big, but they make them big. Judon. Right. Yeah, exactly. Judon was always good at bowling that, but now he's like, you know, he's a stud. He's a stud. Yep. So, not Bill Belichick is the best coach of all time. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sporty took the took the team uh, that I was going to say as well. Patriots, they're the hottest team right now, and they're doing it without, um, like we said, a, a flashy big time name player. Um, just imagine, you know, if they did have a couple big big time players, um, the things that they'd be doing right now. So I think they're the hottest team. Um, I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to see come playoff time what what they can do and how far they can go. But right now, I would not want to play the Patriots. Um, just real quick before we lay upon our hammers and uh, our weekly picks, I just want to touch touch base with the fake slide real quick. I think what Pickett did was was smart. Um, he saw an opportunity, took advantage of it. Um, it was a big time play. I think he found the loophole in the rule. So I'm I'm kind of getting annoyed with people who are saying that he kind of did something that was wrong or kind of cheated. First of all, there's no there's no cheating. Um, it's not a rule that says you can't fake slide. But he just took advantage of the loophole. And I think you have to blame the NFL, or not the NFL, but the rules committee, NCAA rules committee, for not kind of thinking about that. I'm surprised we haven't seen it more, honestly. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised. <laughs> but um, smart move by Pickett. I think we see, ready? So I'm going to call it, the Pickett pause clause the fact that he paused there's gonna, there's gonna be a clause that is now the picket rule um where i think the defense is gonna be allowed to kind of stand in front of the def- of the quarterback and in their slide they'll be able to stand in front and they'll be able to put two hands kind of like two hand touch football i think that would be a smart way to do it as well so when the quarterback's in his slide you're allowed to touch them with two hands that way you can still break down you're still in front but at the same time, you're not necessarily leveling the quarterback. You're just touching him with two hands, and now and it, and it could get you know interesting as to you know as to see as how the defense kind of puts their two hands on. Is it a shove or is it just kind of like a light tap? It should be a light light tap. because if they push them too hard, right? But I th- just to, just to get this clear, I don't think he cheated. I just think that the loophole. Needs fixed. Oh no no yeah I, I no I know you didn't say you cheated but I've just seen other things where it's like oh like that that's gotta be gone right that can't happen it's putting the defender in a spot exactly I think moving forward if you have a replay the moment you see the act of sliding I know people might say well oh it's not definitive you can tell when someone's about to slide right right, right. if it looks like someone was about to slide and they get up and keep going you go to replay you find where the ball was and that's where it goes exactly yeah play stop. Blow the whistle. That's it. Yeah. No. Yeah. I didn't say you. You said he cheated or anything. I know. I know you. Oh, sta- I know no, you're standing on it. Just saying that I personally don't think it's cheating. I just think that moving forward, that's got to be fixed. Right. Um. <clears throat> so let's let's jump to uh, three hammers real quick. Then we have one college football game to pick this week, and then we have um, we have a couple uh, NFL games to pick. So my hammer. I'll start with me real quick. My hammers Go for ahead. the week. I'm going to take Army minus seven and a half against Navy. Like them there. Um, I'm also going to take the Steelers minus three and a half against the Vikings. They're minus. Or, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm taking plus. the Steelers plus three and a half against okay. the Vikings. And then I am taking Rams Rams money line against the Cardinals. Okay, that's plus territory. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll go real quick. Go ahead. All right. Get ready. <laughs> um. So, Kev. One of us will have a loss this week because I'm going to go with the Cardinals money line. Ooh, okay. Just said how they're probably the hottest team in football, in my opinion. Uh, well, you know what I'm saying. I, yeah, they're, yeah, the, yeah. they're the team I wouldn't want to play. Right. We know what you mean, Allie. Yeah. Um, also, taking the Vikings-Steelers game, I'm going to go with the over 43 and a half. Ooh, I've okay. not really went over under this that much this year. Okay. Is very negative, so I really need to switch it up. Um, then I'm also going to take the Broncos minus eight against the Lions. I think that the Lions have a little bit of a hangover. Hmm. All right. Hammer it. Hammer it. Those are my hammers. Sporty, lay the hammer. All right. I have three hammers. I went one for two last week. So my only win was uh, Utah State, and they did hammers. Yes, they did. <laughs> I was a hammer. Well, I didn't know. I was saying, I say they basically had all their 
guys on uh, COVID. Yeah. So they were COVID. So that's why it was a, it was an onslaught. So. All right, my three, hopefully, two and one or three and other sweet for hammers. So I'm going with the spread. Got to go with Navy. Go Navy, what, plus seven and a half? Yep. It's my first hammer. Second hammer. I'm going to take the money line, Steelers. Big victory. I think they're going to get a huge victory on the road in Minnesota. Second hammer. Third hammer. Another money line. Take the Browns at home and go to bed. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, I think I think the Browns are favored in this game as well. Yes. I'm going to take the money line in that game. Whew. All right. Go to so, bed. So my hammers are Navy plus seven and a half, Steelers money line, and the Browns money line. All right. I like because it. Just to recap the Brown, I mean the Ravens-Steelers game. It was the battle of the two luckiest teams in the NFL. <laughs> and it, it was just so perfect that it ended in a one-point game. Yep. They were catching so many breaks this year. Do you have it? The Steelers ultimately win because they are the luckiest team. Did you watch the game? What? The Steelers-Ravens game. Absolutely. If, he, if Andrews catches the ball, he, will, he would score, right? No, yes, 100%. But, but if you, yes. if you, first of all, I in our group chat, I said it was stupid. I stand by that. Win or lose the game, because you have Justin Tucker. You have Tucker, and, and you're and, and you're playing the Steelers, and you're playing the Steelers offense as of right now. Like yeah, I mean, like yes, they were scoring, but at the end of the day, it's Steelers Ravens. Like that rivalry, that like you know, it's just they're not going to go right down the field and score a touchdown. In my right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at it that way, you have Tucker. I know they have Boswell too, but. You have Tucker, man. I, I just don't know why you don't just take the free point and then keep playing. Exactly, yeah. I know they had the momentum, they scored a touchdown, yada, yada, yada. But TJ Watts on the other side. I don't like I don't like my chances when he's on the other side. Yep, that's true. Yeah, I was listening to the game on the radio, and I watched about the first quarter, but then I had to listen to it on the radio. But I uh, heard the officiating was a little iffy. Um, um, there was like maybe one or two calls. Couple, couple calls. calls. I thought it was pretty good. couple yeah, calls. Um. But, but yeah, I, I think I would have kicked the extra point. I think, you know, if I'm the Ravens, they give a good chance to win in overtime if you just force overtime. So, um, um, As a coach, I always take overtime unless I know, like, okay, our defense is getting shredded. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 45-45, then maybe it's – or 44-45, then maybe it's like, all right, we're done. Our defense sucks. Let's right. Let's just try it. Hey, have it. Yeah. You should know the hard balls by now. They don't like to take, take chances, buddy. Oh, well, the thing is, Harbaugh isn't even the one that picks. He asks Lamar. Right. No, yeah, he I mean, does. He does. How do you know that? Because you know we saw something one time. We saw a video where he asked Lamar. Yeah, it was Lamar. on Sunday Night Football. Yep. When Lamar wants to go for it, he, like, pushes off Harbaugh. Right. Yep. Like, oh, like, I got this. Yep. So I guarantee that's exactly what happened there. I, sometimes you don't listen to your players. But sometimes right. – it, it, it was hey, it was it was great it was great play calling. You just it really, was you don't you don't go near Watt. Exactly. You had to throw over Watt. That's why it was a bad play. Don't go near Watt. All right. You go the opposite direction of Watt. Yes, exactly. We're near him. So you know when the game's on the line, he's gonna get the play. Oh, exactly. You need to you need to chip him, and you need to have kind of two guys on him as well. Yeah. You, you have need, a blocker and a chip. <laughs> you need to like dig a hole for him so he can't even jump or move. Exactly. Um, all right, so we have straight picks. Um, just pick the team. You know the deal. No explanation. First game, big rivalry game. This is going to be an awesome game. Always look forward to seeing it. Army, Navy, America. Here we go. Hadley. Army and a close one. Sporty. Uh, double that. Army and a close one. I'm going to take Army as well. So for the trifecta, we're all going to Army. All right, FCS playoffs. Montana versus JMU. James, James Madison. Hey, double that. JMU. Hey, what? I'm taking JMU, but don't sleep on Montana. They beat Washington earlier. That was the week one upset, so don't sleep on Montana. But I'm taking JMU. East Tennessee State, North Dakota State. Jeez. NDSU, Carson Wentz, let's go. <laughs> what were the teams again? Oh, East Tennessee State, North Dakota State. Hey, give me East Tennessee State. <laughs> In an upset. Hey. 
Upset City, East Tennessee State. Let's go. Uh, Bison big time. I'm taking the Bison. No way. No way. North Dakota State's going to win this one. South Dakota State and Villanova. Give me the Jackrabbits. Give me Nova. Give me, give me the Jackrabbits. So South Dakota State's just like North Dakota State. They're going to make it to the Final Four. It's kind of any man's game from that point on. Montana State, Sam Houston State. Sam Houston. Double that. Sam Houston. Trifecta. Sam Houston State. Moving on to the NFL games. Ravens, Browns. <sighs> I'm going to go Ravens. They're like like the Steelers. They're a lucky football team. We'll squeak it out. Well, since my hammer was the Browns. The Browns. I don't know. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to take the Ravens in a close one. I got, I got the Ravens here. Falcons, Panthers. Man. This is in Carolina? I believe so, yes. Give me Carolina. Actually, no. They're they're all sorts of messed up. Give me give me the Falcons. Firing Joe Brady was a joke. Hmm. Give me give me Maddie Ice. Falcons all day. Trifecta, Falcons baby, big time. 49ers and Bengals. These games. Are <laughs> they're tough. <laughs> um, give me the Bengals. Uh, I think Cincinnati's gonna lose again. Give me uh, give me Jimmy G. And the uh, San Fran offense. Give me the, give me the 49ers. I think they regroup uh, after a disappointing loss against the Seahawks. The, the Bengals might be the hardest team to pick. Oh, exactly. I know. Yeah. This is a big, big game here. Bills and Bucks. Bills kind of fighting for a playoff spot now. Yeah. You know what? Give me the Bucks. That would put the Colts ahead of the Bills. Crazy. Double that. The GOAT. Tom Brady. The GOAT. Josh Allen. All day. Make that a trifecta. Give me the Bucks. They're playing well right now. Bill's kind of... At home, too. Yeah, at home. Bill's kind of eh right now, so I don't really trust them. Rams, Cardinals. Cards. Uh, Matt Stafford can't beat good teams. You know what? Stafford's due for a big, big win this year. Give me uh, the Rams. Give me the Rams. I need them in fantasy. I need them for my hammer. So I'm a big-time Rams fan. Give me the Rams. All right, uh, a couple uh, spread picks real quick. Vikings, three-and-a-half against the Steelers. Um, the Vikings are too hurt right now. I'll take the Steelers. Give me the still curtain defense and the uh, Najee Harris. Still, the Steelers will win. I'm going to take the, the Steelers to win here as well. So, yeah, they're definitely going to cover. Packers minus 12.5 against the Bears. Um, Packers. Uh, I don't know. Give me the Bears. I'm going to go with the Packers. Bears offense is kind of sluggish. Packers offense is just too much. Broncos minus 8.5 against the Lions. Taking the Broncos. Uh, I'm going to ride your ship again. Give me the Lions. Uh, let's see. Give me, give me, give me. Oh, this is tough. This is tough. This is tough. Give me. You know what? Give me. Give me the Lions minus eight and a half. Give me the Lions, or plus eight and a half. Give me the Lions. Chiefs minus nine and a half against the Raiders. I'm taking the Raiders. I think the Chiefs won, won by an ugly touchdown. All right. Chiefs are so inconsistent. I know they're winning, but give me uh, Derek Carr. Give me the Raiders. Give me the Chiefs. I think they're going to win by uh, 13. Saints. Quickly. Quickly yes. with the Chiefs. Yes. They have become the most boring team in the NFL to watch. Ah, I, I, can see, I can see that. They're, they're a top five most boring team to watch. That Sunday night this game was boring. Right. At least oh, yeah. when you're watching like the Lions or like the Giants, you know what you're going to get. The Chiefs, you're just expecting fireworks, and they don't give it to you every week. It's just it's so terrible to watch. It sucks. Uh oh, we're on charger duty here. Got to find a charger. We're at one percent. Just now realized that. Just in time. All right. Uh, quick picks. Uh, Saints minus five against the Jets. Real quick, because <laughs> I can't find a charger. <laughs> um, Saints. 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 Titans minus nine against the Jags. 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 
uh, Titans. All right. Um, quickly, I guess it's going to wrap it up. We'll send it next week. Um, another exciting week of football. We'll break it down, and we're going to talk some NBA and some college basketball hey, on the next pod. No, yeah, hey, big time. Special guest next week. So we'll send it next time. Thanks for listening.